This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Joining us at the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, former Timberwolves head coach and more, Ryan Saunders, who I had a chance to sit and observe today in a different teaching capacity, and it was really interesting. Ryan, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Maxie. I see at the health club once in a while, but you have uh, you have another. It's, it, I wouldn't call it the vocation, but something that for people that are wondering what's Ryan been doing since he left uh, coaching in the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, you're teaching a little bit. Explain explain how you ended up in the classroom and where you are. Yeah, I am, and uh, yeah, it was good to have you around today, Maxie. Uh, next time, I'm, I'll get you more involved in, in the <laughs> class for sure. Um, Just don't ask me any tough yeah, questions. I get oh, hey, a daydream, hey, you know. <laughs> you you never you never know. Yeah. Um, no, I've, I've uh, you know I, I've been spending a lot of time with my family and uh, really you know focus on being a better dad, better better husband, and it, it's been it's been great. Uh, but you know during that time, I I got an opportunity from uh, Brad Reuter, who used to work with the Timberwolves, and he um, he uh, he's been been a good friend, but he he's also you know we we also kept in touch and have a great relationship and he's, he's doing work, uh, great work over at U- University of Northwestern St. Paul. And he asked me if I'd be interested in, in coming on as an adjunct instructor. And, um, we talked through it a little bit and I figured it worked in my schedule. And, um, so I'm teaching a sports leadership course over there and it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun, really interesting. Um, it's a great class of students and it's been great getting to know people over there and, you know, doing whatever I can to, you know, help pass on, you know, anything I've learned and anything, you know, that, that I feel should be passed along to a next generation. Now, now the University of Northwestern is, you know, a private school and a Christian school. Is it a faith-based class, too, yeah. or is it more practical applications? Or I guess where does faith enter into leadership, yeah. you know, as you know it? Yeah, well, well I mean, faith is, is uh, you know, one of, the, one of the pillars of my life. And yeah. uh, I've, never, I've never been afraid to share that um, in, in, you know, any setting. Um, you know, I'm also very aware that, you know, nobody's perfect, uh, in, in faith and, um, you know, we just strive to be better and better. But with that though, this, uh, University of Northwestern is, um, a Christian school. So, uh, you know, we do incorporate some faith, uh, faith elements and we pray and we have a, a devotion to start every class. And it's been, you know, it's been great for me to get in touch and, and learn from the students as well. Um, you know, on, on some, you know, how they feel and we can be open. And, um, it's just been a, been a really enjoyable experience. Like for you personally, when you're not working and, and you would like to be working here at some point in time and all those things, does your faith grow stronger or is it more shaken when, when, when there's more uncertainty in your life? 
Yeah, no, hey, Maxie, that's a great question, man. And and it's, um, you know, I I always, I hope whenever people listen or hear somebody, you know, talk on faith that it can speak to them. But, um, you know, it, there's plenty of times where, you know, faith can be, uh, it, it can it can waver. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think before, before I had a relationship um, with Christ, uh, you know, I think I, my my you know, anticipation and eagerness for, for what was next or, or, you know, uneasy, uneasiness, uneasiness with um, maybe, you know, not knowing what's next um, was, was definitely more prevalent. But, you know, now it's a, hey, God's got, got a plan for me. Um, he's got a plan for all of us. And, and uh, you know, I'm, hey, I'm just along for the ride. And, and um, you know, hey, I, I fit in where, where he tells me to fit in. So whatever comes next and, you know, I, I know, I know you and I joked about it and people always, I think people always wonder whenever a coach um, isn't coaching somewhere anymore, they, they wonder, is, is he going to coach again? Is he looking to coach again? And Hey, I'm absolutely going to coach again. And I'm looking forward to it wherever, wherever that, uh, that, that opportunity comes um, moving forward. Ryan Saunders is our guest. Uh, we'll talk playoff basketball as well in this segment. But y- y- when you have uh, students like that, and, and you and you're talking to them, and you bring in some different guest speakers that are coaches or for, you know athletic leadership type, uh, what questions do the students have? What are the things that this generation wants to know about leadership? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been really impactful for me to hear you know these questions. We have a segment in our class, and it's a it's a hundred minute class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot of time. And, um, but we have a segment at the end of class, uh, for, for 10 minutes where I tell them I reserve the right. Like, like I, I probably told you before, Maxie, I, re- I reserve the right to not answer a question or pass on a question. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I try to be open and honest, um, about, you know, things that I've experienced in my past, g- good and bad. And, uh, and, you know, I, they ask questions on, you know, how would you deal with this situation? What happened when this came, came up for you? Um, they've asked that to plenty. We've had different coaches, um, hey, individuals running NBA teams, um, speak to our, our group over Zoom. Um, we have, uh, you know, a, a, a renowned pastor speaking over Zoom coming up here, um, sports psychologist, um, you know, a couple of local um, coaches. Um, so it's, it's, been, uh, it's been really interesting to hear the questions they have. And it's all, it's all kind of relevant to, how do they deal with uncertainty? How do they deal with, um, you know, pressure? And, uh, you know, I think it goes into, you know, what a lot of people might be not necessarily struggling with, but, you know, trying to navigate through during COVID. And, um, you know, I think we all have similar questions. So it's nice to hear somebody else ask them and, and somebody else give an answer too. You know, one, you know, Larry McKenzie, well, of course, over at Minneapolis North and, yep. and his son Lawrence, and he didn't coin this phrase, but, but he certainly, you know, he believes in it. And I've heard him say it and, and, and read it before. It, it, it's either it, when you participate in sports, you either win or you learn. You never lose. You either win or you learn because losing yep. is an opportunity to learn. I know that's easy to say, harder to do, but, but do you believe in premise that that's, that's what our young people have to understand is it, that in everything that you see, whether it's when you lost your job or whatever, is opportunity, an opportunity to learn. As you said, yeah. maybe you're going to do things differently. For sure. For sure. And, and then, you know, that's, a, that's a, another, you know, great topic to bring up because, and then I'm a big fan of Coach McKenzie, and, and I've actually used that. Um, you know, I can't remember if I had heard it from him. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll go we'll go along and say say that I did because I <laughs> like it, and I'm such a big fan of him, but his. But um, I've used that a lot, and you know, it is something to 
be said that, hey, everything is not going to work out the way you wanted it to work out um, in, in, in anything in life, whatever it may be. But, you know, you can learn from, you know, the past, um, you know, successes. You can learn from the past uh, things that didn't go your way. And, um, you know, just take them, apply them, and uh, move towards the future and, and try to, you know, work towards a better outcome um, the next time around. And it's a lot more fun to be a forward-thinking person, right? Sure, it sure is. And it's, it's uh, you know, that's something I've, I've noticed in the last year, Maxie, is, is uh, I've really enjoyed, you know, not just being – you know, because it, cause it was a, a choice of mine to, you know, spend time with, with my family, spend time with my, my little boy, uh, my newborn daughter, who was born very shortly after I got let go with the Timberwolves and then my wife, Haley. And, um, you know, it, it, during that time, too, just kind of immersing yourself in, in uh, self-improvement in a lot of different areas. And, um, you know, it's been something I've really fallen in love with even more so. And, uh, you know, it's something I, I hope to pass on to um, the class that I'm uh, tasked with teaching. I remember Pete Carroll told me he had moved to California. Uh, he coached the NFL for two different teams, New England and the New York Jets. Didn't work out, and he's sitting out in L.A. He lived out there. I can't remember why he moved there, but if his wife was from there, whatever the reason be. But he's not coaching. And he read John mm-hmm. Wooden's book because he mm-hmm. had time to reflect. And then eventually yep. the USC job came up kind of out of the blue. And, you know, the next thing you know, he made history with the national championships. And obviously he's had the great run at Seattle, et cetera, et cetera. But he said it was that time of reflection that changed the way I approach things. Is that what you've tried to do over the last year and a half is garner some more information and say, okay, how, how do I go forward? What, what can I do today to win the day? For, for sure. And, and it's, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, subconscious that you throw that in there, but that was actually a book that we distributed to our class today. Really? When, it was called Win the Day by Mark Batterson, yep. um, pastor out, out of, uh, who was my pastor in Washington, D.C. when I was there with the Wizards. And he and I have developed a great friendship. He's, he was kind enough to donate books to the class, and we're actually go- going to read a couple chapters and talk about them. Um, might be a little quiz on too, but, uh, <laughs> but do, do some of those things. But, but absolutely, and you bring up Pete Carroll, and I actually got a chance to spend time with him um, when I was coaching the Wolves, I spent, uh, you know, three, four days out in Seattle and, and he was great, his environment. And that was one of the things he talked about was, you know, one, just trying to attack every day, making every day a, a competition, but then also, you know, using things that he's very open about using experiences that maybe didn't work out the way you wanted them to work out mm-hmm. and um, taking what you thought was, was right about that time. But, and then, but also taking what you thought maybe, you know, wasn't right about that time, you know, from the outside, um, outside factors or something that you maybe didn't do that you thought you could do better with, because we can all do better um, in a lot of situations. But, you know, I've always been somebody who's been very proud of, you know, foundations being laid um, and trying to do things the right way. And, um, you know, just, uh, you know, just, just trying to really attack the day. Well, your father used to have, and you, and you saw it, I'm sure, uh, in his office, I remember, uh, it was a uh, cartoon, and, and it was a picture of a dinosaur, and it said, evolve or die. Remember yep, that? Exactly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's, hey, that's the NBA, that's the NBA world. Uh, that's the pro sports world, especially. Yep. <laughs> you, you better be evolving with the times or... Or you become extinct. Nobody wants to be, be a dinosaur. That's right. Now, now the playoffs are in play now. Uh, you know, for uh, uh, the NBA to play in games are getting done this week, and then the yeah. playoffs start. Uh, w- when you watched it, and you watch all the games that you see right now, 
what do you look for in trying to, to figure out who's trending in the right direction and, and, and who comes out of it? Is, is it based on who's playing the best defense? Is it based on who has their superstars healthy? What do you look for first? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think the, you know, what, what you just mentioned is really important. You know, I, I've always heard, you know, the, the, the common phrase that people say, hey, to, to win and to, you know, move on in the playoffs, you got to have a little luck too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes with, with good health. Um, comes with guys being in rhythm, you know, at, at the right time, um, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, especially through playoff series, you know, there's so much time, there's time to prepare for one opponent, yep. to really lock into one opponent and hey, coaches, players, um, you know, scouting, you know, w- whatever you're dealing with. Um, it's, the, it's the top, top of the, you know, top, top notch in every category. So, you know, there's always going to be counters to what, is being done. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, 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 it comes down to your defense. Are you able to, uh, able to defend and, and make the necessary adjustments um, as a team? And, uh, you know, the times that I've been a part of teams, you know, in the playoffs, it's always been, you know, groups that um, can, you know, rev up their intensity, but also control their emotions too. And uh, I think we've seen some, some great performances over, over this last week and, and, uh, you know, moving forward, I'm, I'm sure this will be a really, really entertaining playoffs. Okay, so this, uh, so we, we all are at a game and we see, you know, the, the, the coach calls the timeout and the assistants, mm-hmm. and, and now there's like six or eight of them or ten of them, however many they are, they all gathered out there on the court. They're talking about something. Do these assistant coaches, is each one in charge of watching something different during the game or do they just watch the game in total and yeah. then give the head coach a suggestion? You know, everybody, everybody kind of does, does that a little bit differently. I'd say, I'd say for the most part, um, it's more where everybody is in charge of some element of the game, you know, whether it be offense, whether it be defense, whether it be kind of your hustle plays, you know, your deflections, your, you know, loose balls recovered, um, you know, those types of situations. Um, then, then you also have, you know, you'll, you'll probably have somebody who's very focused on, and yet he probably, he or she probably has a laptop, um, of the game where they can rewind and they have a live, they can kind of live code behind where they're, they're focused on, you know, what comes if there's a, a, um, a challenge situation sure. and they're keeping, keeping track of, you know, game management. Um, so, you know, you kind of have a special situations, you know, coordinator almost mm-hmm. in a way that kind of keeps track of a lot of game, game management. So, um, you know, I, I think that football has had a, had a, a great influence on the NBA, especially with, you know, the way staffs have evolved, um, you know, the, the resources that we've been able to, you know, have that makes our jobs, you know, you know, not easy, but easier. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're, you're able, you, you need people that are able to digest the information and, you know, give it back to not just you, but the players in a way that everybody can understand. So, so take a team, you know, as we look at the Western Conference, take a team like Phoenix, and, yeah. uh, you know, they seem to have figured something out and, and they, they win, you know, Chris Paul's out there still winning, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, like when you see a team like that and, and they're talented, but I wouldn't say they're more talented than a lot of teams. What happens? Why, why does it come together for a team like that? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you mentioned Chris Paul, that, that's a, that's a guy who he, he does just have an effect on a group. He really does. Um, you know, I think, you know, Monty Williams has done a fantastic job. Um, James Jones, you know, in, in the plays that they, they put around their, their main guys. Um, and then, you know, all these guys have kind of raised their level of intensity. Um, and they, they've, they've done a nice job of, of, you know, just bringing it all together and, you know, buying into roles and, and accepting roles. 
And, um, you know, it's, they're definitely, they're, they're a team that you, you watch them and, and you see, they look like they're, they're a well oiled machine right now. So, um, it'll be, be a lot of fun watching them in their series. At Golden State too, because they kind of got the X factor. You're, you're not sure how healthy they are right now, but you assume they've kind of been building towards being healthy. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. And, you know, I was fortunate enough, Coach Kerr, he's, he's, he's not, not just a great coach, but he's, he's a great person. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, um, go spend some time with, with him and their team for about a week earlier this year. And, and um, you know, just observing not just the way he conducts himself and, and the culture that him and, and Bob Myers, you know, put forward there, but um, just the way they operate on a day-to-day basis, they are building towards something. And um, you can see why, you know, they are who they are. And, you know, they have championship standards every day. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it starts with a guy like, like Steph Curry. And, um, you know, just his work ethic and, and his personality with their group, you know, obviously along with coaches, um, you know, they're, they're a team, too, that you, you can't count them out. No, you know, I was so they got Curry, they got Wiggins, and they got Thompson. I just saw Mitchell Wiggins, who you know, Andrew's father, the, yesterday at the health club. Yeah. I enjoyed visiting with him, and so all three of them have fathers that were NBA players. How much, you know, yeah. do you believe that their greatest benefit is that they are genetically gifted because obviously they've got NBA bloodlines, or, or do they have a higher basketball IQ because they have NBA bloodlines? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I buy into any any type of, I guess, theory. Um, cause you know, I've always been a believer at the end of the day, it's about the work, um, the work you put in and, you know, those three guys do, do work incredibly hard. Um, you know, just being able to observe them for a week and obviously knowing, knowing Andrew, um, just seeing the work that they put in, but you know, a, lo- a lot of that is established too with, you know, when you do have, you know, parents that, you know, have played professional sports or, or have been elite athletes and, you know, they, they establish routine um, in, in, a, in a different type of way. They're able to, you know, in just in the, in the family dinner, dinner talk, they're able yep. to talk of, you know, things that they, they maybe encountered or, or how, how they dealt with, you know, certain situations. Sure. And it probably just as important, not yeah. focus on the stuff that's not important, sure. right? For sure. And, and, and you're absolutely right on that. So, you know, there, there is probably a level of, of, um, you know, a, a benefit to that. But we've seen, you know, all types of players have, you know, great success at, at the NBA um, and have, you know, great basketball IQs as well. Yeah, and, and I got to say that this league is just so good. And so, you know, the, the idea that, you know, in the old days, maybe it was pre-charters when they used to talk about, you know, teams not playing hard to the playoffs. That That's that's way gone. These guys are so freakish good oh, when you yeah. get up close. It is really something. We're, we're out of time, Ryan. Great to see you today. We'll have a piece on at 10 o'clock on the news uh, tonight, and hopefully we can do this again soon and talk some more uh, NBA and beyond. Hey, that'd be great, Maxie. And next time I see you at Lifetime, you better put a little more resistance on that uh, stationary bike. I didn't think you could tell. I thought I I was making it look like I was working hard. I didn't think you could see. I I saw you you splash some water on your face. I'm going to come over there and turn that resistance bike up. Hey, I'm a veteran, too. I learned a few tricks of the trade, too. (laughs) You're right about that, Maxie. Good talking to you, man. You, too. Ryan Saunders, nice enough to join us. Uh, not far away, a lottery pick. He played in the NBA. A guy named Royce White. And boys, he got some things going on in his life uh, these days. Stay with us on Sports to the Max. We're just having an interesting conversation. Tubbsy, you're right. And, and, and as it pertains to, to the conversation with Ryan Saunders, I mean, he, he's out of work. He'd like to be working, but that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that your life is over or that you're, you're defined mm-hmm. by just that. And I know that's easier said than done, especially when you're in a high profile public career, et cetera. Yeah. But it really is. 
uh, and beckons us to be reminded that our, our work is not who we are. It's what we do. And if you don't like what you're doing, you know what? Go do something else, right? Yeah, it, it, it sounds so simple on the surface. And, and, yeah, I know we're oversimplifying yeah. it, but there's something fundamental to this. Yeah, you know, you, you go through and listen, we, we all have times where things don't go our way. You get released, you get fired, you don't like a job, whatever. But at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, and I told you this, Max, and I think this is what sparked this, I will never, ever be defined by my job. My job is I love my job. I love the people I work with. Like, I'm in a really good spot. I'm very happy every day that I wake up. I'm thankful for where I'm at. But I'm. this is how I pay my bills. This is how I can afford to give my family a good life. But this isn't who I am. I get so many other things that define who I am. Mainly the wrestling. Mainly the wrestling. Yeah. See? Yeah. <laughs> I'm about wrestling and fantasy football and, yeah. you know, trash yes. TV. Yes. That's the fun stuff. Yeah. This, yeah, this doesn't matter. Wrestling. No. That's my yeah. life. Yes. And so if you're going to be defined, be defined by something that you want to be defined by. That's your point. Giddy up. When we come back, this guy did AMA. Now he's doing politics, and he's been a lottery pick in the NBA. We'll visit with him when we come back. And the beat goes on. Mike Max, Sports to the Max, joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Royce White, one-time lottery pick of the Houston Rockets. Uh, he's been AMA. He's been a basketball player. He's been a lot of things. And the next thing he'd like to be is uh, serving this state as a member of Congress. He joins us now. Royce, thank you for joining us. Mike, good to be here, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Before before I talk politics with you, uh, you've 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 been you've been a coach as well. Last time I saw you, you were coaching your sister. She's going to Wisconsin to play. Uh, You're doing individual workout with her. Uh, from an NBA former NBA player standpoint, if you're the Timberwolves playing Memphis, what do you see in this matchup? Um, you know, I think the Timberwolves got a lot of young talent. They got to find a way to. Uh, emphasize the importance of each possession. That, that's how the postseason usually goes. And if they can they can stay in sync and uh, and, and and value each possession, uh, then then they can they can be successful. Do you have to run the offense through Towns, or is there a time and place when Edwards you run it through him? Uh, it's tough to say. I don't I don't know the inner workings of how each player is health wise and their body and and what little knickknack injuries they may have or their ability to go or, or carry the load. Um, you know, I think Towns is a very talented offensive player, and you can certainly run the offense through him. Uh, I think Edwards is 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 a very very talented player as well, and you can run the offense through him. Um, Carl's actually, you know, Carl's been there before, and and you can never underestimate the pressure of a first time playoff experience for for a rookie. So, um, you know, there, there's there's all those things to consider. But I like I like I like Edwards. I think uh, it turned out to be a, a great pick for the Wolves. I agree. Now there is one guy that you did coach as well that's in the NBA playoffs. Zeke Naji went to Hopkins, and uh, uh, you're mm-hmm. helping coach Novak out, and he became a first round pick after a year at the University of Arizona. How is he doing there? Is he moving in the right direction? Is, is is he playing on a team that has too much depth? How is he doing? I think Zeke's just focused on you know uh, improving his game right now. I mean, he went from being a more exclusive post player to really improving his jump shot and his, his three point range. And he's he spent a lot of time and worked on that. He's a young kid. He's a he's a young kid. He's a young player. You know, circumstance a lot of times dictates the trajectory of your career in the NBA and in any professional sport. And I think he has a bright future ahead of him. Uh, He has to just, you know, continue to work and and wait for his number to be called. And when it's called, go out there and perform, you know, 
sports, professional sports, is meritocracy in in most cases. Yes. In most cases. Most <laughs> cases. Yeah, not always, but in most, most cases. cases. Yes. Okay. Is politics, which you've entered now, uh, is is politics a meritocracy or what is it? Uh, politics has become a very, very strange arena. Um, I, I don't necessarily believe it's as meritocratic as we, the citizens of this great nation, would, would like to believe, especially when it comes to the merit of ideas. I think money, um, funding, um, you know, handshakes and agreements have, have a lot to do with who uh, gets gets the, the certain backing and support to run for office and, and even sometimes who ultimately gets elected. Uh, I think right now in this 2020 can, uh, election season and in 2024, you know, th- there's a real referendum on the American people, not so much the political parties or, or the corporations that, that sort of run our country, but the American people and, and what, we, uh, what, what standard we hold for ourselves and our elected officials. Eventually, you want to go head to head with Elon Omar. Uh, why? What do you what do you think that needs to change in that district, and what needs to change with her that you, as you look at that, that that motivated you into this race? Uh, well, I would say that you know my my history comes from fighting against the corporatocracy, right, and, and the idea that in this globalist expansion of, of corporate interests, we have lost something key to our American culture, to our founding values, constitutionally and otherwise. And, and the fallout from that is far and wide. And uh, it, the, the amount of moral hazard uh, is, is almost unquantifiable. And the first thing that we have to address is, is our moral position or our, our moral direction um, whether it be in a congressional district, whether it be in a, a presidential uh, race, so on and so forth. You know, the global affects the local. Royce, Royce White is our guest. Royce, if, if today you were sitting in Congress and, and they're looking for opinions on what to do in Ukraine and with Russia, what would you say? That's a very complex issue. Um, I think the, the, the expansion of NATO... Um, versus Vladimir Putin's personal disposition and uh, in, in his own personal quest for power and, and, and Russian security. All of these things have deep, deep historical roots. Many different tribes and ideologies playing out over the course of the last hundred years and even, even further back than that. So, you know, war is, war is, no, is no casual thing. And I think ultimately common people, citizens pay dearly in their everyday life for the wars between kings and kingmakers. Um, I would say that we need to be very vigilant about what forces are at work in the, in the Ukraine-Russian conflict. And I tend to believe personally that while, you know, Vladimir Putin does seem to me to be somebody who I wouldn't agree with on the, on the basis in, uh, of being an American citizen in our foundational values, let's say like freedom of speech, for example, um, that, that there is also a claim to be made that a very globalist, you know, uh, agenda is being pushed on his border as well. So it's, it's a complex issue. If, if the Ukrainian people said to you, you know, Congressman White, how are you going to help us? We need more. Would you, would you send troops over there? What would you do? Um, I'm, I'm not for I'm not for the police the world initiative. I think that we have to be an America first nation right now, and I think that the expansion of our military I, I think the military industrial complex is maybe the biggest globalized institution in our country, and it's and it's you know it's cost American citizens dearly. 
I mean, we're $31 trillion in national debt, and, and a huge chunk of that has been military expansion. And, and um, you know, we can't fight everybody's wars. I just, I just don't think that, that, the, that the benefit is, is, in, uh, is for the, uh, the American people. Royce White is our guest. He is running for Congress. And Royce, when 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 you look at you, know, you said that trillions of dollars in debt. Uh, you know, some people will say you, they always want the U.S. to help us, and nobody helps the U.S. It's always us rebuilding the roads, us to do whatever it is. Do you believe that's problematic, or is that a compliment because we're called upon because we're the best? Uh, it, that that takes us right to the the very height of of the intellectual consideration for politics and geopolitics. I mean, the, the question there is what is the, the, the true moral claim for us to help another nation who is facing a, a power that we deem to be evil, tyrannical and, and, and abusive of, of, uh, of natural human rights. But before we can make that claim and before we can act in an aggressive way, we have to make sure that our morals are, are, are clear, that our moral position has been clarified. And the rollout of this military-industrial complex and this military expansion puts us in a unique position where many nations across the world have real, real, um, real merit in, in calling into question the legitimacy of our desire to either help or to advance our own you know, uh, economic imperialism by way of NATO and, and, and uh, the United Nations and, and the World Economic Forum and other international governing bodies. So this whole geopolitical thing is, an, is, a, is a huge mess. It's a huge mess. All right, Royce, can you stay on with us for a quick break? Absolutely. Okay, because I want to ask you about something else, and, and you were one of the first ones in the NBA really to, to, to talk about mental illness and the fact that you're affected by mental illness. And I would think coming out of COVID, we have more people affected by mental illness and anxiety, what you've suffered with uh, uh, for most of your life than ever before. And, and, and I want you to speak to our audience, many who are probably experiencing this for the first time in the last year, about what you've learned for coping mechanisms and for getting help. Royce White is our guest. Uh, more with him as we address another topic, another elephant in in the room that that we all you know deal with in one way, shape, or form, directly or indirectly, uh, coming out of COVID, and that is mental illness and anxiety. Royce has an expertise in it. Stay with us on Sports to the Max. Welcome back, Sports to the Max, on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Royce White, we continue our conversation. Uh, Royce running for office in Congress, but he is also. Uh, a poster child, so to speak, uh, an advocate for, for mental health as he suffered through his own anxiety and issues that uh, uh, when he was a first-round draft pick of the Houston uh, uh, Rockets. But before that and beyond that, it's been chronicled on HBO and in Sports Illustrated in many, many places, including many things that I've done with him. Royce, there's a new dimension that's called COVID, and it brought, I think, a lot of people's anxiety level was were heightened in different reasons, but for some uh, worse than others. And I think it took them to a place where mental illness is now a, a part of the diet dialogue in their lives. How do you know if you have a problem, uh, a mental issue that's not going to go away versus something that's temporary? And, and how do you go about trying to discover that within yourself? Because I think a lot of people are right now. Well, I think if you believe that you're having a mental health struggle, you probably are having a mental health struggle. The question is, what does it stem from? Um, you know, when, when I advocated for mental health in the context of the NBA or pro sports or the greater corporate community, my point was to say that mental health is another way to say the human condition where mind, body and spirit converge. And I think we're having a crisis of all three right now. Obviously, COVID is, a, is an illness and disease 
that has physical ramifications. Um, we are definitely dealing with a psychological crisis that has stemmed long before COVID ever came around and a spiritual crisis long before that. So, you know, you get all three at once and, and people are right to feel uh, uncertain, uh, fearful, not uh, uneasy, uh, so on and so forth. Our young people, our teenagers that you know maybe did distance learning and, and got isolated and, and maybe turned yeah. to the wrong things, etc. Uh, what do you tell them? What, what do you tell them, the, the, the 14, the 15, the 16-year-old that, that, that has gone through this crisis, this COVID crisis, not because they, they uh, uh, ended up infected with COVID, but because of all that they felt and saw and, and the depression that goes with it? What do you tell them they should do next? I would tell them to pray first and foremost. Um, secondly, to read and study as much as they can about the history of this world while the history is still available for us to to read at our own leisure. Um, what I've found is that knowledge and, and the ability to discern the truth and to speak is the great antidote for anxiety. That, that truth ultimately is the greatest antidote for, for anxiety uh, and the angst that comes along with, with being human. You know, it, 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 regardless of the, the immediate time we're in right now, that's just a general, uh, uh, you know, recommendation at all times. Do, I mean, medication versus uh, how much do you benefit? And I, and I don't want to go too far out of the limb here because everybody's different. Yeah. And, and I know some doctors prescribe it, some don't, all those things. But we get caught up in this. Do you need to be medicated versus not medicated? Do, do you first and foremost try to try to rewire your brain, so to speak, when you have anxiety? I would say there are some cases where the immediate mental health symptoms or mental illness symptoms are so severe that medication is a uh, reasonable route. Um, I will also say that I caution anybody uh, being on psychiatric medication long-term, especially benzodiazepines, which is one of the most commonly prescribed drugs for anti-anxiety and, and other things of, of that nature. It's one of the most addictive drugs and most dangerous drugs on the market. Actually, it's one of only two drugs that you can overdose, I mean, not overdose, but that the withdrawals can kill you from, the other being alcohol. And the reason is both work on the central nervous system the same way um, and that they, they, they kind of turn down the central nervous system. And, it, and when you go off of those cold turkey, people often experience seizures and, and those can be deadly. So uh, slippery slope with the medication. I, I truly believe that many mental, mental health-related issues can be solved without medication. It's just about how much time uh, you, ha you can allocate to doing the work to, to solve those issues. Many of us live in a day-to-day -day hustle where we need a, a quick fix for the, for the issues that pop up. And in, in those cases, if that's your choice, then medication can be a good temporary fix. will certainly be detrimental in the long term. Appreciate you, sir. you got a rally tomorrow, right? Yes, sir. We'll be at the Federal Reserve at, at 5.30 p.m. for a rally in March on, on what is traditionally tax day to ask the question of where our $31 trillion went. Um, you know, I think globalism is one of the biggest issues we face. The global effects are local. It's one of the main central ideas and, and themes of my campaign. And I don't think there's an institution or a group of institutions that better represent the, the incompetence of globalism than the central banking system and, and the Federal Reserve here in Minneapolis. So, Royce, thank there. you for your time. And keep us updated, Gay. Yeah, Godspeed, brother. Royce White. Known that young man for a long time, and it's been one interesting follow, as you could imagine.
When we come back, the North Stars lost one of their great players from their family. That uh, he he was a comet man when he came on the scene in the in the late eighties. And uh, you know, a lot of people that remember Met Center and remember tailgating and remember you know the eighty one run to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, remember him well. And uh, he was a part of that. Man. And 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 you know, we forget they've had what um, two runs to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, ninety one and uh, eighty one. And uh, at that point in time, they're playing the Met Center both times. They they took over the state, put it in their back pocket, you know. And it was it was a different time. I mean, the North Stars were the North Stars, and the hockey was a little bit more wide open. And uh, it was it was Al Shaver at the microphone, and uh, uh, you know Lou Nanny making the calls as the GM, and you know different coaches that Lauren Henning, Glenn Son, more uh, Bob Gainey. But but it was a different time, and and it was. Um, it was a fun time because it took Minnesota to a place that hadn't been before. Uh, but one of those players, one of those iconic figures from those runs, uh, passed away uh, unexpectedly to his friends. There may be a condition involved that, that led up to it, uh, but he's no longer with us. And uh, we'll visit with one of his teammates, Brad Maxwell, somebody that you know very well uh, from around here. And, and then also the 8 o'clock hour, they've got this new USFL that's forming again, and they're going to play this weekend. And one of the directors of player personnel – is from right here in Minnesota. So we're going to bring him in from New Orleans. We, oh God, we got some good stuff coming up. Well, of course we do. It's sports to the max. It's WCCL. What else would you expect? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 